Hello. We just spoke like 10 minutes about soup. <laughs> we had a full-on soup conversation for 10 minutes. I think we should bring it into the podcast. I think we shouldn't stop talking about soup. We should keep... Yeah, we I come from it a, I haven't realized how soup-based my family is. Like, my, <laughs> my family is yeah. a very soup-based family. And I've taken yeah. upon myself to create a... To make my personality soup this month. All I've been doing yeah. for the last month like it's been locked down in berlin for like a month and a half now i've made about five mm-hmm. different soups from scratch every weekend and then eaten it throughout the week as if i have no other desire to ever eat anything that's not liquid like i'm essentially doing a gwyneth paltrow diet but like willingly oh. one of those like <laughs> oh my god juice cleanses that is grim <laughs> i eat a lot of bread with it though so i make up for for the lack yeah. of uh, of anything that's not liquid it's just yeah. Soup is is makes you feel really accomplished because it's essentially waiting for shit to be in water. When you make soup, is your soup more like you have to at the end you put it all into a processor and you blend it into a mush, or do you have like? Because I it realized depends. when I was in uh, when I lived in Scotland, I realized when there were soups, usually most of the soups tend to be like like. Like this homogenous yeah. soup. Like everything is together. It's all like in there. You can't tell ingredients apart. But when I make soups in Finland, almost all the soups have like a clear broth. And then it's just like full on like potatoes and carrots and hot dogs. <laughs> which I like. I, I made myself clear water hot dog soup <laughs> the other day. Heating up hot dogs in the liquid they come in is not soup, Rita. That's just heating up hot dogs. <laughs> no, I made a soup. I made, um, it has potatoes and carrots <laughs> and turnips and leeks. And then you just chop up some hot dogs and throw them in. And I, I was eating it and I was thinking, like, is this a real dish? It's always been a real dish for me as a Finnish person. But I was thinking, like... If I were to offer this food to anyone who came from outside Finland, <laughs> would they, like, recoil in horror? I want to come to Finland silly to try uh, out the soup. I'm on a soup quest, because oh. um, I moved to Germany at the beginning of the year. I found out that Germany has pickle soup. Soup made out of pickles. I have not God, that is... acquired the pickle soup. I've only heard of it in legend. Uh, but it, it is yeah. my goal to eat that and then move on to Helsinki and then get the hot dog water. Which you call a soup. Yeah. Like, I... Hot hot water, honestly. (laughs) Because I'm, like, a multicultural soup kind of girl. Because I, like, love... um, I love a creamy, like, like homogenous soup. I love a chunky soup. Mm -hmm. I'll have clear broth. I'll have... I'll have a, a cream broth with chunks in it. Like, I'll do it all. Oh, you, you'll have it. You, you don't discriminate. I don't discriminate. I, against soups. I love all soups equally. My favorite soup of all time, hands down, is Finnish salmon soup, which is made into like a milk-based broth. Mm. And it's the same thing where it's like chunky and it's quite like the liquid is quite watery and thin. Uh-huh. But it's so good. Like salmon soup in Finland is the best soup in the entire planet i that's very intriguing the only time i've had salmon soup is by accident um and i'm not sure it was salmon soup i think it was just a dish i was in japan and i thought i'd ordered salmon ramen i'd ordered but i hadn't i'd ordered salmon in hot water with rice Oh my god, okay. I'm not sure what it was, but it was, I was too, like, I was too, like, foreign to try and, like, make a big deal out of it. I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go with it. And I had my hot salmon water. It was fine. It was good salmon. It was good rice. (laughs) It was just all in hot water. Do you think, did you order it from, like, a menu or did you do, like, a weird, like, where you picked a couple things? Did you, do you think the kitchen staff was thinking, like, what the fuck is this girl wanting to eat? I think so. I'm so scared. where I constantly think of like because I was also just like I was so incredibly exhausted it was like my last day of my trip or something and I was I just went into like the first restaurant near the hostel I was staying at and I was just like I was like Mm -hmm. I had like I can't remember I I was just kind of frazzled and I just kind of like pointed at what I wanted because I was like this looks fine and 
Yeah. I feel like I ordered the wrong thing and it was supposed to be together with something else and I'll never know. And I never really looked it up. I should just look it up. Oh. But I feel like I made a mistake. Me, <laughs> uh, we, me and my family once made a food mistake when we were in Italy. We were in the Ital- it- it- Italian countryside um, and they didn't speak like much English in there mm-hmm. and their menus in this one specific restaurant we went to were all in Italian mm-hmm. and we just spotted the it was kind of like you had to choose if you wanted tortellini or pasta mm-hmm. or like it was like some da 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 pasta I can't remember what it was but because we were like dumb <laughs> and idiots we when we ordered we ordered because we wanted to make clear we wanted the tortellini yeah. and not the pasta option. We ordered tortellini, not pasta. And my God, the waitress was so confused. She was, so, she was like, you want the tortellini without the pasta? And we <laughs> were like, yes, tortellina? we want the tortellini without the pasta. And then oh, no. they brought our dishes and it was just a filling. <laughs> it was just a tortellini filling. <laughs> I oh my god I love it. We thought we were clear communicators. (laughs) We're like we're making this clear. We want the tortellini one, not the like other pasta options. Uh Tortellini with no pasta. (laughs) I can see how the mistake was made. Oh, I love that. Yes, I did not like. We realized what fucking idiots we were the second we saw the plates. We never blamed anyone else. Yeah, except for yourself. That's the thing too, right? Like traveling is pretty humbling in the sense that you make so many dumb mistakes, Mm -hmm. and you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll take whatever's given to me because I can't speak the language here, and I'm an idiot foreigner. So just let me, just let me suffer for my own mistakes. I feel with my salmon (laughs) water too. Excuse me. Yeah, excuse me for being a dumbass, and I shall learn from this experience. <laughs> I have learned I'm coming that. through as a better person. I will talk about this on my podcast and blame myself yes. only. <laughs> Thank you for the content. Anyway, welcome to Swamp It Up. Welcome to Swamp It Up, the podcast where we rank every single film known to man and woman (laughs) um, (laughs) against the Shrek cinematic universe, which so far for us includes Shrek 1 and Shrek 2. My name is Mari. I'm Rina and we are your hosts. How are you coming to the podcast today, Rena? It's been a while since we recorded. Like super... Yeah, we've had a two-week break. We've had a I long think. break. It feels almost unnatural to be like, "Hey, how, how's it going?" Yeah. <laughs> um, we didn't talk I... at, at all in between. No, we didn't have. <laughs> we had zero contact. It's it's so nice to see you, Mari. <laughs> it's been such a while. Um, I'm coming to the podcast. What I feel like the dragon has at the end of Shrek 1. Mm. And what she keeps doing throughout the like Shrek 2, because she's not in the movie. Mm-hmm. Which is just like chilling and living my best life. Because I, yesterday, stayed the whole day in pajamas. I love and that. I had the perfect balance of eating shit food, playing a video game, reading a book, and doing like hobby stuff. Like, you know, like arts and crafts and like rena stuff and i was just so elated at the end of the day where i was like i managed to do so many things when usually it's just me like if i have this kind of day where i don't change out of my pajamas i just like watch youtube videos and at the end i'm like wait where did the day go (laughs) but yesterday i felt like by doing fun cool stuff like different fun cool stuff Mm -hmm. it felt like you know, it, it felt like a full-on day <laughs> and not like a YouTube haze. That's so beautiful. And I'm so happy for that you. That was the, like, that was the f- best time I've had since fucking, I don't know. <laughs> since March. <laughs> March. <laughs> Wait, I've had pretty good time during my summer holiday. So let's say like since uh, f- September. Mm. Let's go with that. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, because I feel like the dragon has like a good time once she's like out of the story. <laughs> you she's, know? Just she's just doing her own thing. With Donkey. 
She's uh, doing I donkey. I don't. <laughs> God. And oh, also in the second one, actually, no, she's not having the time of her life because she's fucking pregnant with like donkey demon babies. Oh God, she is. So who am I actually? I'm Shrek. <laughs> I'm just Shrek. You're just Shrek. Star. No, I'm. I'm just you know I'm I'm what Shrek wants to be. That's beautiful. Your aspirational Shrek. Yeah. Your yeah. Shrek goals. Yeah. Who are you? How are you coming to the podcast? I think I'm Shrek at the end of like book one. Uh, at the end of the first film. Mm-hmm. Because he gets his to go back to his swamp, and I, yeah. <laughs> against all odds, have somehow managed to secure. Well, assuming that everything goes well, um, when I send the contract, I have managed to secure a flat in Berlin, which is as difficult <laughs> as Shrek trying to get his swamp back from Lord Farquaad. Like, there's no difference between yeah. that and trying to get a flat in Berlin. It's madness it's the worst thing i've been through since moving to berlin (laughs) i feel like berlin is even worse than farquad stealing your land i feel like that's shrek's journey is pretty straightforward there's no land to steal you You just have nothing to start with and you're groveling at anyone who will listen being like can you please give me a place and they're like no you're single i'm sorry or no you're not german or no you don't make a 10-figure income it's like wild but essentially, it feels like the end of a movie for me because I've got my, I've got a job and I've got a flat, which means that the equilibrium has finally manifested. So I'm yeah. at the end of, I could be at the end of either movie, to be fair. I'm the end of a movie. That's where I'm at. Currently. Yeah, you're, you're at the end of a Shrek movie. Exactly. And I'm ready to see what the sequel brings. But right now, I'm just going to yeah. enjoy the fact that the movie has ended. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm in the credits at the moment. So it's going great. Oh, it's... <laughs> It's just like a breath of like you can you can just finally like breathe in mm-hmm. and like relax your entire body. Exactly, that's what I've been doing for like two days. Be. It's a very strange sensation because my brain is not used to not being stressed about something after the last few months. It's been a bit of a yeah. wild ride in in Mari Town, um, and this is yeah. the first time that my brain has truly got nothing to worry about, and my body knows that. My body's quite relaxed. My brain is still just like. But, but I gotta be worried about something, right? There's gotta be yeah, something. What, what do we worry about what now? What do we worry about now? What's the next one? <laughs> Except for like the pandemic, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already, you know. That almost doesn't count anymore. Yeah, right, that's already it's solved. It's just there. So it's an uh, interesting sensation of um, being chilled out. <laughs> Truly chilled out. Yeah. Um, what good energies are we bringing to the podcast? It's pretty like, good. good. We're bringing go us. We're bringing, um, oh, hold on. <laughs> I just forgot how we did the podcast. What do we oh, do no, first? Do we do the, the rundown or the... <laughs> Let's do the rundown. But first I have to say, because we usually choke about how neither of us is ever, like, we're never happy at the same time. We're never happy at the same <laughs> time. Always, if, if someone's happy, then the other one is like yeah. dying slowly. And for mo- most but of I the last like... half year, it's been both of us dying slowly. Like, neither of us have, have had yeah. a particular good time. Yeah. But, but now we are happy together. Yes. Exciting for us. It's very, very nice to, to, to get into a call. And instead of talking about the misery of the last week, we get to be yes. like, hey, let's talk about soup. Because we don't have anything miserable <laughs> in our minds. <laughs> I love yes. I love this feeling of peace. <laughs> I me too. I like maybe maybe I should try to be here more often. You know? <laughs> I should aim to like um, have peace of mind every so often. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, okay. Give us a little rundown of how we do the we do podcast, it. and then you can give us a plot synopsis. Yes, I'm gonna talk for a while. Uh, so how we do it on Swamp It Up Podcast is that we have six categories, and the categories are story, character, setting, soundtrack, moral, studio, lore. We give each one of them a grade, uh, compared to how good they are related to the first two Shrek movies, which are Shrek Cinematic Universe, Shrek 1 and Shrek 2. Then we tally up all the grades together, divide them by six, we get a final score, and that's the score that we give the movie and finalizes how they stand in comparison to Shrek 1 and 2. That's the fastest I've ever done it. <laughs> and also after like a two-week break. Right? Beautiful. It's it's that peace of mind. It's that yeah. It's the yeah. calming aura. 
<laughs> I'm finally going to perfect my real dream of becoming an auctioneer. Yeah. Auctioneer? Auction man? Auction woman? Auction man. Whoever does that. Whoever does that. Exactly. <laughs> whoever does that thing at um, antique shows. Um, yep. <clears throat> for th- I want to be that one. <laughs> the what? I, I want to be the one that goes, yup. <laughs> it's storage wars. Is that There's a job? No, have you ever seen Have you ever seen Storage Wars? No. <laughs> God damn it! There's this one man. Whenever he like, you know, when they shout for the storage locker uh-huh. that they're at war with, he always shouts, "Yup." <laughs> we have so much so that he has his own merch where he just has like baseball caps that say, "Yup." God, I wish you told me this before I bought your Christmas present. That's really sad. <laughs> I'm really sad to find out about this now. I could have had a yup. That would have been amazing. Um, Anyway, this week we continue our Christmas Christmas extravaganza. Shrekmas. Shrekmas. One might say. Shrekmas. uh, Shrek the Halls, as the Shrek franchise has claimed it to be. Yeah. Um, And we have watched, uh, on my behest, we have watched Die Hard, which, you know, if you haven't watched by now, that's wild. On you. That's on you. <laughs> but I'll give you a run another plot anyway. It's Christmas and Eve. It's 1988. A great time for fashion. Um, and not a great time for John McClane, the NYPD detective who has um, gone across the country <laughs> to LA to visit his estranged wife, whose name I have immediately forgotten. Uh, Holly. Holly. There we go. Um, who works at the Nakatomi Plaza. Nakatomi Plaza or just Nakatomi Tower? I'm not sure. In my head, it's Nakatomi Plaza. Um, Me too. I think it's Nakatomi Plaza, and then the then it's like Nakatomi Corporation yeah. or something. Nakatomi's the company. The firm. She's doing great, mm-hmm. but because she's doing great, I think Mr. John McClane feels a little bit uh, lesser. So they've had some marriage mm-hmm. issues. A bit emasculated. <laughs> if you will, if you will. I have no sympathy for this man. Um, no, me neither. <laughs> anyway, he goes to the, to the tower. He finds his wife, which is when um, uh, a group of Germans decide t- to take the tower hostage, led, sp- led by Hans Gruber, um, mm-hmm. to steal some... What did I say it was? It was Bonds. like six- Hundred forty million dollars worth of untraceable, untraceable bonds. bonds. There we go, untraceable bonds. Whatever that means. It's about Whatever. the untraceable bonds. <laughs> it's about the homoeroticism of those untraceable bonds. Very, very homoerotic bonds. It's just like pieces of paper. Like I, <laughs> I don't, I don't quite know. understand what bonds are, but I think it's the same as stocks. I feel like banks are a scam anyway, they, so I don't quite like, know about these things. You know, actually, I think I do know what bonds are. <laughs> I, did, I took a business class in high school, and it's not apparent about anything I've oh, ever wow. said in my life, because I suck at it. <laughs> I failed the class. Yeah. Um, and uh, But I'm pretty sure bonds are the things you buy from the state, and you essentially, essentially give the state a loan of your money. And stocks are corporation things. So why the corporation okay. has bonds instead of stocks is beyond me. Well, I'm sure there's some. I don't know. It's the U.S. Corporations are the government. The... <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so this is when McLean is upstairs in a bathroom, um, without a shirt and without his shoes, um, and he hears all the commotion downstairs and realizes, oh shit, hostage situation. I'm the only fucking cop. So. He, uh, at first, um, tries to get, like, the police on his side, and the police react really weirdly. <laughs> it's, it's very, like, they're like, oh, bizarre. it's whatever. And at one point, they reference the fact that, like, someone, like, fell from the building, and their reaction is, like, it's just some guy who probably killed himself. Nothing to worry about. And it's like, why would you not send a policeman over for that reason? It's, 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 it's the police yeah. being that passive... Like, it feels flimsy. I know we can't rely on the police, but this is, like, next like, level. Like, you hear a phone conversation that ends up... Or, like, a sec- secure, I don't know, walkie-talkie conversation what 
that ends in fucking gunshot yeah. and your reaction is to be like, well, let's just send one person over to check what's going on. Yeah, exactly. But they end up uh, sending someone over called Al, I believe. Um, and Powell. Al Powell. There I we think. go. Uh, and John and Al get like walkie-talkied it up together and they finally like, you know, slowly they sort of realize that, hey, maybe this is a real hostage situation. Meanwhile, uh, McLean steals a bag of detonators that they're going to use to like explode part of the building or whatever, um, which is when all the Germans go like, we got to get this guy. Um, Let's kill this McLean. We got to kill this McLean guy. So the, essentially there's a lot of, there's a lot of action for a while. There's a lot of walking on glass. There's a lot of um, things. The FBI finally mm-hmm. gets called, which is for the point where I was like, you've got too many characters in this movie that have one line. Like, please stop doing this. Cut down your characters yeah. in half. I've seen this movie a lot. For some reason today, I was just like, nitpicking yeah. at these small things. Um, and they start using a technique to like get terrorists to bow down and it's not working very well because it's all from a book that they introduce halfway through the movie um meanwhile oh before this happens by the way uh ellis holly's co-worker tries to like mediate uh and like get this thing solved uh and fucks up dramatically and gets Mm -hmm. fucking killed um yeah yeah so they end up going shit just goes down a lot of shit goes down John ends up on the roof. They blow up the roof. Then you have the famous scene where he's hanging from the fire hose and he gets back into the building. Um, and he ends up, yeah, he ends up killing everyone. <laughs> ends up killing. Even Hans Gruber falls down to his death from a window because yeah. of a sneaky attack. Yeah. with the, And the, there's this, yeah. he dies and then they get, free and they're happy and then one of the Germans with the beautiful blonde hair isn't dead and tries to kill everyone but then yeah. Al saves the day and shoots the man and it's, and the end yeah exactly and everyone lives happily ever after and for some reason um, seeing her husband uh, take out like 20 people makes Holly think like actually maybe our marriage can be saved after all who needs <laughs> to talk who needs to talk I feel like well, you could just super violent man who has issues with my success is yeah. is is a person I want to bring back to my family after like we've had clear marital issues and he's unsure and like weirdly controlling. I also have an issue that like I just realized because mm-hmm. um, Holly at the start of the movie there's like this like throwaway line when um, John goes to the office and meets Holly. And I think it's Ellie's who's kind of like, oh, Holly, show him your watch. And it's like this cool Rolex that they yeah. got from the firm. And it's clearly like a thing like, look how well your wife is doing. Mm. Like she's getting Rolexes from the company. And the end, the movie ends essentially to Holly being out of the window. And Hans Gruber is almost fa- has almost fallen to his death at this point. And then John comes to help. And he just like unlatches the, the expensive watch yeah. from Holly's wrist and then like because that was the thing that Hans Gruber was clinging to and then the watch and Hans Gruber fall flat into the earth yeah. and I'm just thinking of the like symbolism here like this woman is like essentially that's just like cutting her like on, on like a symbolic and like metaphorical level that's cutting her off from the company that John McClane has like clearly issues with I feel he doesn't want his wife to be there I feel like there's two ways of like interpreting it by the way let's just get let's, this could be part of the story Let, let's get into, story. into category of story because I feel like when you were when you were referring to that I thought you were gonna say she like kind of like cuts off the capitalist like consumer ideal and it's like it's not as important as like being alive and safe Live. That's fair. That's but fair. I also understand, like this is you know John being like this is my controlling moment to to get my wife's success to you know doesn't mean as much to me as yeah. to her. Because it's specifically John that takes yeah. off the watch. It would be more meaningful if it was Holly who took off the watch, because then it would be her would. decision to do it. Because it's John doing it, who's like from the start being like against her working in this company. Yeah. 
and being like petty about it and petty about her success. This is the thing too, right? It's Holly gets no kind of yeah. malicious. Yeah, exactly. Especially considering Holly gets no wins. Like you introduce mm. Holly as someone who is successful and doing well, and every subsequent thing that happens, she is passive and nothing at all. Yeah, and it's it gets kind of annoying because I'm just like, if you want to, it does. If you want, like, I understand you want John McClane to be the the hero. But I feel like if Holly's so smart and successful, you could show that within the story, right? Yeah. And, like, prove it to us in, in more than just dialogue. But, you know, we're not yeah, the other writers. other people telling how <laughs> we're well We're just here to doing. judge everything. That, and that's the yeah. complete opposite of Fiona, who is introduced to us as someone who is a passive princess and then turns out she can actually fend for herself. Yeah. Which is what we want. Complete opposite, actually. Yeah. Exactly. That's, and that's why Fiona is superior. I feel like Holly was done dirty in this film. And yeah. I also feel like it's specifically after having lived through 2020 specifically, it's just like John McClane being like a terrible cop just hits Awful. different. It's so bad. There's he's the one line. An- Sorry. Go ahead. <sighs> No, he's just, like, overall, like, we see him kind of flirt with, like, other women. Yeah. And then he has this horrible, like, comments about, like, using, like, violence as a police as part of his thing. And this kind of, like, unhinged cop who, like, does makes his own rules. And I'm just like, fuck, I do not want you to be the protagonist of this film. Right? Like, I understand that was, like, a cool thing back in the 80s. But it wasn't even cool then. Probably mm-hmm. not. Um... And like there's there's one scene where I was truly just like groaning, where um, one of the Germans is like, "You, you're a policeman. You can't hurt me. There's rules." And then John McClane's answer is like, "Oh yeah, that's what my captain keeps telling me too." And then fucking kills him. And I'm just like, "I hate this. I hate this so much. I, I understand this. the Germans are the bad guys, but oh god, John McClane has a oh. higher body count than the, than the Germans." <laughs> yeah. Uh, at this, yeah, like for sure, and you would say you could say that he's the opposite of Shrek in that way, because Shrek, like John McCain, very much re- like relies on his um, role as a police yeah. officer. That's part of his personality, and people expect him to be the one to save the day because he's the police. Yeah, but Shrek doesn't use his ogerness to overcome obstacles he mm-hmm. learns that he he has to be himself yeah and like find other reasons to like go through life than like scaring other people john mcclain makes no emotional journey like there is no emotional no. change except for the fact that he convinces his wife to stay with her by being violent after through like super violent like hyper masculine yeah just like just like a blood fest of yeah. like it's it is weird when you like spend more time with it. Yeah. It, it feels such like macho 80s movie in like not the fun way that no. I usually used to associate this film with. It's getting kind of annoying how many movies from the 80s just aren't fun anymore. <laughs> like yeah. these are things where like like 3 years ago probably I'd be like, yeah, let's fucking go. I like I I have professed my love for Die Hard multiple times over the past few years. We've watched this movie together and enjoyed it and had a good time watching it. But it's just, well, maybe partially it's that thing like once you've seen a movie enough times, you start, instead of like what you get, like the like surface levels, you start to like deal with it like even more because you now have the time. You don't have to spend as much time watching the like surface level clues and plots that go on so it like hits different exactly but also maybe just having lived through life yeah you know i'm too tired bad it's like it's like the, i had the same thing when i rewatched indiana jones like a while back i'm just like i'm just too tired yeah. for this shit at the moment and we don't have any patience for cops or imperialism exactly. anymore we're over it um <laughs> do we have any proper story points to relate to shrek well, we are saving a princess yeah, from a tower. We are saving a princess like a from literal tower. tower. We're saving a whole bunch of people from a tower. Yeah, you're very right. I didn't even pick up on that. I'm God. not sure how I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, that's the. But that's not the whole Shrek. No. So this is like, 
we we don't have journey emotional or really physical either except him coming from oh my god also like it's so fucking annoying how he's from new york and then he goes to la he makes it very clear that he's from new york it's such like do people who write these movies understand that 99.99 percent of people don't relate to that like they don't relate to the like the la and why that's like your thing most people aren't rich famous like media (sighs) people we don't relate to that shit yeah I don't care. Like, sit it in Idaho for all I like. I'd love... Care. I don't like I would love a high-stakes action movie from in Idaho. I'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> I... The... You have this kind of, like, marriage that falls onto difficulty, like in Shrek 2. At the beginning of Shrek 2, you have the argument, which mm, ends up yeah. one person going away and then saving the other person, kind of. Like, they're... They're... they're well, okay, so in Shrek 2... Shrek doesn't really save Fiona by going away and trying to figure out a solution. But you have that same setup of like, well, we're having a tough go at yeah. it. You go do your thing. They get separated for some reason. And they have to kind mm-hmm. of like figure a way out of that. And it's kind of the same Find setup at the beginning of... their uh, way to each other again. Yeah. And that's the same setup in Die Hard, right? Like you got the, yeah. the marriage that's on the rocks. You got the moment that, you know, Holly goes downstairs, John McClane stays upstairs. And then they're like, bam hostage situation mm. although i don't think it's like specifically with shrek 2 i think it's more like i don't think fiona at any point thinks the marriage is on the rocks no true. like she doesn't true. entertain prince charming no like as an option yeah really yeah and it's more like all the journeying that we see is from shrek which is also, like, because in this one, we see zero journeying from Shrek. This is true. So. I just got an overwhelming excitement to rewatch Shrek 1 and 2 in the new year. As we were talking about it, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm ready to rewatch that. Yeah, I'm very excited to do it. Yeah. Um, also, this is, like, honestly, like, we're, let's grade the story and then I'll say this thing. Okay. I don't have anything else to say. There's Maybe probably we're... parts, but I just, it's die hard, you know? It's die hard. <laughs> Die hard or die trying. Um, I'm gonna give this. It's it's translated as over my dead body. Yeah. Only over my dead body in Finnish, which I thought was fun. Because <laughs> that's not really a thing that he. At any point. It's says. not really like he doesn't say die hard it's either. It's though. not. Yeah, fair. But die hard <laughs> feels like more like if I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die hard. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that seems like the movie. I'm gonna give this a thirty-two. I'm going to get a 42. Okay. 37? The tower is a big motive. The Maybe tower, they're compensating yeah. for something. <laughs> dick joke, dick joke, dick joke. Dick joke. Uh, next category is characters. I was, I, I struggled with characters. Yeah. Here, first, before I say anything about characters, I just like, maybe this is a future film, but I don't know. Did you know that like Rock made, Dwayne the Rock Johnson essentially made Die Hard like, couple years ago or like a year ago yes i do i do know about this i I want to see that movie after this so bad because i was thinking like because we were just talking like this was a product of the 80s yeah it has a lot of shit in it so i'm thinking like if the rock makes this movie in 2019 or 18 i can't remember when it came out Mm -hmm. it's like what will die hard in 2019 look like right that was that was that was not a leverage that's a tv show isn't it but it's called something like that. Um, I can't remember. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I, but I'm yeah. curious. I'm, I, I feel like, yeah. It felt like it was more about the tower as well because it was like the tallest tower in blah blah And it was like, no. And the thing is like, oh God, I've seen the trailer like so many times. I don't know why. I don't know why. But I've seen the trailer. And it's like the super, like it's meant to be the most secure place oh, on Oh, there Earth. we go. That's like the thing they have, like technology. Mm. They had tech at Nakatomi Plaza as well. That fucking computer they had, screen. They had oof, that iPad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, beautiful! The tech. Love the eighties. Jumps out. Uh huh. Okay, characters. Here we are with John McClane. Again, a weird person to have as your protagonist. Because it doesn't really go through the normal protagonist stuff, except like he wins back what was lost. Yeah, exactly. There's like no personal growth. 
he's almost like a sidekick because he doesn't make any emotional journey. Mm-hmm. He's almost more like, I mean, I kind of put him down as Shrek because of my Shrek 2 comparison, but like it's flimsy. Um, yeah. And I just feel like he's, he's an, he's a very not fun donkey as well <laughs> without a Shrek. Yeah. And it's, it's weird because we at no point do we actually like even regarding the marriage there's not real fault put in john mcclain no it's more like the wife got a good job and that <laughs> the kind wife of became and successful like, and we cl- see these clear character faults in john mcclain yeah. but it it ends up actually being like a weird twisted shrek like love who you are yeah because he doesn't have to grow out of those toxic traits he needs to embrace them to kill a bunch of people Mm -hmm. and it's like it's kind of it's 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 shrek but for like villains (laughs) it is villain shrek it is very much villain shrek i think i have to yeah that's a really good comparison like it doesn't need to grow out of the like character flaws he doesn't need to like overcome anything he just needs to go full bad cop exactly <laughs> he has to go kill day. people uh yeah. it's it's uh, i'm not saying i'm pro like the the host- the pro germans in this movie they were also bad murderers there weren't very little yeah, good guys were. in this this movie lacked they were bad good yeah they were like far quad bad they were far quad bad yeah exactly i think hans gruber is a fantastic villain. Just because he was he so campy. He was so much fun to look at. He was so at. fun. It's so I, great. I didn't realize it was Alan Rickman's first ever cinematic role. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, that's... He was so what good. A right? I was like, ah, oh, I love this. I was absolutely living for, for Hans Gruber. I was like, you're so evil. You're just so, like, yeah. good basic evil of, like, I'm just this... this this super bad guy who also yeah. like has a fun little twist where he like pretends to be an American to try to get out of like when he meets John McClane. And I loved him in that moment. Yeah. And I was just like, I want a better protagonist to root for in this. <laughs> Cause at the moment I'm just being yeah, like, I want to, it, he's also, you know, know what the thing is you had the option there. You have the con like you have this almost like dip in the tension but it's about dip in the action, not dip in the tension. When Hans Gruber is pretending to be an American hostage and you come across John McClane mm-hmm. on top of, like, near the roof. And John yeah. McClane, like, thinks that he's just an American and not one of the bad guys. That would have been the perfect moment to have, like, some kind of conversation about how John McClane sees his wife and how he's intimidated by her success. Yeah, You could have had... Like a weird moonlight scene during, like between yeah. like the antagonist, and the protagonist, and that would have been so cool. <laughs> We're not so different, you and I. <laughs> you with your six hundred and twenty forty million dollars worth of untraceable bonds, and me with all these fucking guns. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, but no, it's it's also I'm like. I feel like, may, like, does John McClane actually realize that Hans Gruber is Hans Gruber and not an American? Because he ends up giving him the gun, yeah. but there's no bullets in oh, the yeah, gun. Oh, yeah, sorry. And then yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, well, true. you fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, I- yeah. I'm not going to give you, like, yeah. Yeah, I forgot. I almost wish that scene had been more detrimental to John McClane. Right. Because it feels like... Because I'm like, why did we have this thing if it's not really, like, we don't learn anything from the characters and it's not really, like, it's just show, again, it's just, like, a point where, like, John McClane's distrust of people and, like, his police, policing is just intensified and he's just like, well, I fucking knew it. I knew you were pretending. Yeah. Like, it's, like... We, you need to put your protagonist like he and he was in bad situations, but it was bad physical situations, right? Like it was never a lapse yeah. in judgment. It was always a lapse in like, oh, he's not wearing shoes. He's got to walk over glass. Like that's not stakes in the same way as making an actual mistake, no. which would have humanized him and made him more interesting yeah. and probably given him more of that emotional arc that this entire movie is lacking. But he's so smart and on all the time. And it's, exactly. it gets boring after a while. Exactly. Ugh, I'd love... <laughs> it takes away some of the stakes. It does. It takes away, like... And I understand that it must be difficult to write a 
action movie that's meant for action and for that. Mm -hmm. And then also have an emotional arc. But please. (laughs) Even the barest one. They tried. That's the thing as well. They tried to have an emotional arc with the wife. But it's like so... They missed the turn in that story. Exactly. <sighs> yeah, I have um, Fiona as the wife, but like I'm not convinced because she's so nothing. She's only Fiona yeah, in dialogue. Yeah, something outside of the story. Yeah, yeah. But he, she doesn't like prove anything on screen. Which yeah, Fiona again does a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. He fucking kicks Robin Hood's ass. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um. So like overall, almost a Fiona. How? What about Al? Is he? I feel like he is. The donkey. Yeah. Also in a way that he has heart. He's like the only actually likable character in this movie. And he was the only one with an emotional arc. Yeah, because he had like, although the arc is like, now I can't shoot. (laughs) Literally, the arc was like, I shot a fucking kid. But I was at least like, okay, well, that's something, right? Yeah. And I was so... Like, now you can go back to your job, but I don't know if I want you to. Yeah. Like, find something else to do. It's like, it's also like, in that conversation, so there's a conversation in the movie where John McClane and Al are talking, and, um, and Al... That's the moonlight scene, by the, the way. It's the moonlight scene, it is the moonlight scene, actually. Mm. And Al, like, talks about how he, he can't, like, he shot a kid while on duty. And in that moment, I, I thought, like, this moment where John McClane confesses he's done something shitty, and he didn't. And I was like, well, why not? What's the point of the yeah. conversation? You ha- your protagonist it is isn't so developing. Weird. <laughs> and if it's, you can have an emotional so... arc for uh, for a, a secondary character like Al, you can do that for John McClane. Like, you should do it. You should. You <laughs> should do it. <laughs> it will only be good for the movie. Yeah. But, no, I love Al, because he seems, he seems like a human being, and he has, like, fun parts, mm-hmm. and he seems smart, and he is... I don't know. He's the most likable character on screen after, like, fucking Hans Gruber. <laughs> who's just likable because he's so fucking campy. Yeah, he's so campy. I love him. I'm glad that the people that we like most of the movie, movie are super villain guy who shot a kid. Like, that's what we're working with in this movie. <laughs> God. That's, and, you, you know, take there are can. plenty of other characters who have not done those things, and yet they are less likable. <laughs> There is the one beautiful man um, who had like long brown hair, like a German, like one of the evil ones. I just and he had he was wearing like I think he was wearing like a turtleneck he was, and then he like was. a button up over it yeah. and like it was tucked into his like slacks and it was a be- he was a beautiful man like the entire look like all the Germans are too too sexy yeah and their clothing was. Im- Pickable. He was. He, he's my third most likable character. I can't even remember how he dies. He must die because John dies. kills everyone. Yeah. But he's my third most likable character. Mm-hmm. Purely for the fashion sense. Yeah. Like, it makes they me want to like. Who is they he? were well dressed. Also, the hacker, the hacker guy with the glasses and his jewelry. Oh, he was beautiful. He was gorgeous. His jewelry was so was nice. So- it looked so good. His. I was just like. Also, I did actually like his cockiness yeah, that was too. like a fun thing <laughs> like like he's supposed to be this like you'd think you have like your standard computer nerd mm-hmm. who's like just there for the fucking technology but he, he's having a fun time where's his story i want a movie about him also it's very impressive that they made a movie where the first six most likable characters are like not john mcclain the protagonist of this movie <laughs> or his wife yeah. Holly, <laughs> or his wife anyway i'm gonna give characters um, 20 i'm gonna give it 22. As 21. in 20. So it's a full 20. Oh, no, full 20. 20. Oh, sorry. Okay. 22. Comma, 20, no, comma 22. Two. <laughs> yeah. Next category is uh, setting. That fucking office was beautiful. It was so gorgeous. <laughs> like when John enters the party and you see the fucking waterfalls and the greenery and like the different like... It's, it's a it's wooden stunning. walls. I want to work there. I, I want to be a whatever Wall Street... LA has? Yeah. I want to be that. I, I want to be corporate. I'm not sure what's yeah. going on there. There's just something very sexy about, like, old office buildings and just, like, they're absolute, mm-hmm. like, they're wooden walls, they're inside, Ugh. like, I usually zen-poles. hate wooden paneling, I but love this one. I paneling. 
I'm a bit, I'm a slut for wooden paneling and it's the worst thing about me. I like 60s wooden paneling. 60s and 70s and maybe 80s did it right, but I don't let, there's this very specific paneling that people do in Finland Mm. that I'm not a fan of. That's fair. My favorite paneling is where it's halfway paneled and the rest is wallpaper. That's like. Mm -hmm. With 60s, like teak. Right. Like, like a jungle print or something ridiculous, like faded yellow. (laughs) Oh, beautiful. You know, I want to be like, I want to be able to see myself as the woman in the yellow wallpaper with that kind of wallpaper, you know? (laughs) I also just need to inhabit a space, either work or home or a loved one's home where there's an indoor waterfall. (laughs) Is that too much to ask? And like plants. Just give me an indoor waterfall. An indoor water feature of any sort is just so cool to me. Yeah. Me too. I guess immediately I'm just like, please, yes. Tower, cool. Tower. Awesome. It's like the guns are lava, you know? No real journey except for John McClane flying in. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of it. Journey up and down the tower. And it's not really... It's like, it's 80s, of course. So that's where you have, like, stuff. But it's not, like... It's not as stylized. No. It's not not really... It doesn't have... The setting is important. But not... With the same degree that, like, the setting of Shrek is important. Because it's just the place at the time. Like, it's it's yeah. just like, this is what it was in 1988, so we're going to make this look like it's 1988. Yeah. And the way it's written, I have to say, I don't think Nakatomi Plaza is the fifth character. I don't nope. think so. You're right. It's not. The house, does, it, it, it's not giving enough personality, mm-hmm. you know? Like New York and Sex and the City. <laughs> <laughs> like the Swamp and Shrek. <clears throat> like the Swamp and Shrek. Yeah. Doing I, a great setting. Yeah. Um, 40. 18. What? Tw- 28. It's <laughs> <laughs> a 28. 28. 40. I'm sticking with 40. I said 18, not 18. Oh. Oh. But I'm going to say 28 because I'm, I'm seeing the tower, you know. Oh, okay. So you're saying 28 and I'm Guns saying 40. Yeah. So we're saying it's 34. Soundtrack. Did you? Christmas songs. Christmas songs. Christmas songs. They integrated the Christmas songs into the main soundtrack, into the OST, yeah. which I think was pretty cool of them. It's kind of yeah, like. Yeah, because you would have like. It's kind of like having the Shrek theme come out in all of their OSTs. <gasps> oh my God. And there is like points which I can't fully, at this point, I don't want to state them as facts because my attention was questionable at times when watching this movie. Um, I think there's like orchestral scoring that's not Christmas songs, but they have parts that make it sound like it's a Christmas yeah, song. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They integrated the Christmas songs oh, okay. into the orchestral score. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they is also cool. just like pepper christmas songs that as well just like full-on christmas songs that as well no they they actually made the the conscious decision um to do that which is pretty i love it i i which solidifies that die hard is a christmas movie by the way if there's any debate still about that it's so christmassy actually it's very christmassy um it's got a christmas i think it's more christmassy than princess switch that's not difficult because i'm not sure what the princess switch was but (laughs) yeah it's not a christmas film that's for sure um yeah. but apart from um, that there was not really singing along there was diegetic sound um but it was like there was no like singing along to it it was just like turn off this christmas music in the yeah start. and it it was kind of maybe because it was christmas music it was kind of used as like haha look at this this like it's the it's the same kind of juxtaposition of two warring topics which yeah. is fairy tale and contemporary pop songs yeah and action and death and killing and Christmas songs. So in that way, it's similar to Shrek. True. So I, I think soundtrack is pretty. It's it's different topic. Yeah. Kind because of, it's Christmas and not pop culture, but it is utilized in the same way. Yeah. Though nobody performs. They draw attention to yes. it. Yes. Nobody performs except the uh, Argyle, which we didn't talk about oh, in the characters yeah. at all. Who's maybe another donkey? Just saying. Um, he's also a fun, fun character, but he sings to himself, he does. I think, in the car. Maybe. Yeah, he does when 
John McClane calls down there being like, we're in a hostage situation or whatever. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Well, maybe we'll give this a good score then. I'll give it... 80. 76. 78. Moral. No cops are bastards. (laughs) Some cops are bastards. If they stick to the rules, they're bastards, you know? (laughs) All cops are bastards. The best. A, a, yeah. a cab, a cab cops b- rule. Cops rule unless they like tell you not to do something. In which case, fuck them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's uh it's a lot of mixed messaging in this. I feel like there's a lot of like killing people is 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 can be really cool if you try if you make it look cool enough. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you really put your heart into it. Killing people is okay. You know what I can't get out of my mind? For some reason, the scene, the famous I've got a machine gun now, ho, ho, ho scene. Yeah. It didn't hit this time around. It felt overtly cruel for a host, like for a terrorist they just killed. I was like, this feels like, yeah. like a celebration in a weird way. He is a police officer. He mm-hmm. should not be doing this weird. Well, well world has shown that maybe he should just because he is a police police officer he would be doing this shit but like it's the fanfare of dressing up a person and smearing their own blood onto the sweater and then purposefully to make yeah and then putting them on the elevator yeah to make that to, to give it a sign it felt it felt fucking serial killer level like it felt really bad it felt like the fucking like like a calling card that was bad. Yeah, like Joker stuff. Yeah. It didn't and hit. It's it's so wild to me, like, the hostages in this. Because, like, there's a, the scene where FBI is, like, we're gonna, like, kill them all when they go on the rooftop, mm-hmm. including the hostages. Like, we don't care about who makes it out alive yeah. here. Because we just want the baddies to die. And I'm thinking, like, hold on. You... It's, like, the only reason you have, like, then you could just, like, fucking let the situation play out. Like, why are the cops there? Exactly. It's... You should... Your main priority, absolutely main priority, should be to get the hostages out safely. But no one seems to even think about it at any point. And then, so the moral um, is kill the hostages and the bad guys. Just yeah. kill everyone. Just just kill them. Kill all. everyone, which is very across, opposite of Shrek. Because Shrek doesn't kill anyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only you the know baddies. What this movie should be called Kill Hard. Kill Hard, exactly. Die, die easy. <laughs> die easy. Kill Hard. Die easy. Exactly. <sighs> God. We truly are the young people that are ruining like old media for everyone by by saying yeah. that it's no longer. Well, we cool. can't even like die hard. No, anymore. you can't. You, can't. <laughs> you specifically listen to the podcast can no longer ever like Die Hard. Otherwise, we will hate you forever. Yeah. Like again. Otherwise, you're canceled. Otherwise, you're canceled again. Because we <laughs> do not um, accept people finding any enjoyment in media unless they make a forty-page essay defending it and yeah. finding a moral loophole they can watch it exactly through, you know yes. only then you can say <laughs> send us your strongly worded essays before saying you like die hard otherwise we will never talk to you again and block you on twitter yeah please watch die hard do whatever the fuck you want we're not the fucking cops because they suck <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> who are we the movie cops? I think not, because all cops are bastards. Including That's the movie A cops. in A cab. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so the moral is: kill easy. Cops rule. Kill easy. <laughs> and sure, and it's it's and like yeah, it's fine. It's it's okay to like ask your wife to quit her job <laughs> if she. Does better than you, a man. Resent your wife's success is the moral of this story. Yeah. <laughs> Resent your wife's success, kill like 10 people in one night, you're good. That's the moral. You're good. Yeah. Very much not like Shrek. Not like Shrek. Want a grade? In Shrek, all cops are bastards. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm giving this a four. I was going to give it a 10, 
So that gives us a seven. Our last category, studio lore. It's based on a fucking novel. I was thinking here we would have like a one movie that's not based on a fucking novel. And yet it fucking is. It's based on Nothing Lasts Forever, written by a former police officer, Roderick Thorpe. But isn't it also like the book was written as a sequel to a movie? Which just complicates things. Wasn't that the case? No, I don't. I think the book was a sequel to a book that had been made into. Oh, a movie. for some reason, I thought it was like the the detective, like was the movie, and then they wrote a sequel in a book form of the movie. But I may have I have probably misread that. That would probably make more sense if it was just a sequel. You to know the what? First this book. is the audience participation part of this podcast. Find out for yourself. <laughs> you have two warring facts, and we refuse to, like. Check out yeah. how it you actually goes. You tell us goes. how it goes. So go on Wikipedia. Exactly. There's so much shit about this on Wikipedia that made me almost go like, fuck, I don't care reading all of Yeah, this. I was like, it was like that meme of like... How much can you say about fucking Die Hard? Yeah, it's like that that meme where it's like, I don't want to read all this. Good for you, or I'm sorry it happened. And that's essentially it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I literally, the only part I read was like the stunts part where like, like fucking Bruce Willis like almost died like 10 times and I'm just like what are you guys doing and this was fun like he didn't die almost 10 times they thought he died after he he did the stunt jumping off of the 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 roof which I was just like how do you think someone dies and it turns out he didn't he lost like all the hearing in one of his ears doing stunt work for this movie um and they added they also added the tidbit that the perception of stunt performances had changed Right before this, because before this, the Twilight Zone movie had come out and uh, a whole bunch of actors had died during a helicopter stunt in the, that movie. So they were trying to do better. Holy shit. So they were like, this, this was the 80s was a push to prioritize a film crew's the film's crew over the value of the film. And I was like, I fucking <laughs> sure hope that's the case. And then still... I sure hope you do. And then they follow with... And by the way, Bruce Willis, like, you know, lost all the hearing in one Almost of his ears doing this. And I was just like, so Jesus you, didn't, you didn't value your crew that much. <sighs> so this is essentially could be even worse than Mummy. Yeah, he didn't like... Which... He did, I think it wasn't that bad, but he did lose all the hearing in one of his ears. Okay. Well, he wasn't great. Fucking hell. You know, also... <laughs> Fuck. You know what they did with Alan Rickman when he like falls from the building? Yeah. He was like quite nervous to do that, which understandable. He had like fall into a yeah. big airbag. They count they said they were gonna count down one, two, three, and they dropped him on one so that his shock would be genuine. Fucking go to like I read that and I was like, if that happened world. to me, I would quit. I would just quit. I would leave. I would walk off the I set. would quit and I would see uh, yeah. I was just like, fuck that. I'm, it was like, it was fuck high as well. You. It's inconsistent. The drop was either six meters or 21 meters. Both are bad. Um, both are terrible. Yeah. Like, have you ever like jumped from like 10 meter, like tower, like, you know, swim at the swimming hall place? Yeah. What's it called? The I don't know the name for that. Swim tower. I, I don't know. Anyway. Diving board. It seems the worst. Yes. Um, I've actually, I, I've jumped out of six meters and that was the worst experience of my life. So like, I've jumped four I'm like meters imagining falling and that was the worst experience of my life. <laughs> for falling six, six meters to an airbag is terrible, but 21 meters, fuck yeah. off. Awful. I hate it. No, I don't think anyone died filming Shrek and Shrek did do all his stunts, but he's a professional <laughs> as was the film crew around him. So there wasn't really anything like Yeah, exactly. That bad. Um They got nominated for a bunch of Oscars but didn't win anything. They made shit ton of money. Yeah. Um this role was offered to Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone and they and both Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Who also turned it down? They had to. They had to contractually ask Frank Sinatra because he was in the detective. So they had to ask him to be in this because it was technically kind of like based off of 
the book that that was the sequel. Oh, but he was 17. Okay. He was like, no. It was a um, box office success, but it only got mixed reviews. Hmm. So it's become a cult classic yeah. after. Um, it was written on Disney property. Yeah. Which goes against yes. it, because we are very much... Shrek is anti-Disney. Yeah. We are anti-Disney. I don't know. I don't know. There's so much fucking information, and none of it... I I don't care. They have a lot of merchandise. I don't care. And they have sequels. Why doesn't Shrek have this much information on its Wikipedia right? page? This we is have a to crime. go read books about DreamWorks to do that. Yeah. Yeah, so it got some sequels. It franchised. It merchandised. It did the whole shebang, just like Shrek. So you know. Yeah, we have games. We have billion movies. Yeah. We will keep continue to have movies. And also inspired a genre, I would say, because Die Hard is like I think it says that on the Wikipedia page too that you nowadays have films that can be described as it's Die Hard but on a plane. Yeah. It's Die Hard but in a mall. And Shrek, I would say, inspired a lot of animations. We've talked yeah. about this previously because it the its dialogue and the like satire and parody elements mm-hmm. are like they weren't as used until Shrek made it like seem profitable. Yeah. Profitable. Exactly. That's how you pronounce it. Um yeah. So they share shit. I'll take it. Yeah, Shrek won awards. Yeah, so fuck you, Die Hard. <laughs> I'm gonna give this a solid fifty. I'll join you. That feels right. Also, f- for not reading it the entire week. Yeah, I read much. like half of it. I got oh. very. Bo- there was a there was a whole spiel about like the writer and how he felt inspired to start the Die Hard script because he got he almost hit a fridge on the road when he was really tired one night. And after he had yeah. a fight with his wife, and then he was like, like the emotional core is the conflict between like John McClane and his wife. And I was like, is it? And that's what you decided to write? Yes. I was just like... <laughs> after that experience, just, this is the story you wrote down, a petty... Mo- like, yeah, I was just like, okay, well, that sounds terrible. Anyway, yeah. I'm going to calculate this final score while you tell us what's happening next week. <gasps> next week... We are starting a new Christmas tradition in which we compare our favorite Christmas specials to the Shrek the Halls, I think it's called, Christmas special, which is very, it's a Christmas Shrek. And because we love each other and we love ourselves, we've decided to be kind on this jolly merry holiday season and watch something we know we truly enjoy and we'll have an amazing time watching. And that is the Neo Yokio Christmas special. So we're going to compare so the Neo Yokio Christmas special to the Shrek Christmas special. And I cannot personally wait for this. This will be the best time I will probably have this yep. year. Because Neo Yokio is amazing. And Shrek is amazing. It's. I'm so excited. I love Neo Yokio so much. And anyone who thinks it's not a bad show, like, go watch it and understand that it's actually, like, one of the best shows that's come out this decade. Neo Yokio is art. It's so good. That's it. That's all. It's art. The final grade for Die Hard, or Die Trying, is 37.67, which puts it in the same realm as... Princess Switch, surprisingly enough. <laughs> the Mummy, which makes sense. They have similar energies. Yeah. And um, the Joker. <laughs> okay. So movies fun... that neither of us had a great time watching. <laughs> yeah. Seems to fit right in there. I, I wanted to Although, watch Although I have like to say, this is, like, this is a fun watch. It is this a fun is watch. like a fun like, watch. If, if not only for Hans Gruber... An incredible villain. Yeah. Incredible villain. And sexy, stylish, hipster Germans with long hair. Sexy ah. Europeans being turtlenecky and fun like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's going to do it for us today. I'm going to go make some soup with my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. Full soup circle. The full soup circle. Uh, if you like this, uh, go over to our Instagram, Swamp It Up Podcast. Follow us in there. Find out about the latest news, latest reviews, latest fun art that we make for you guys. Um, fun memes. Yeah. We will 
I think the last episode of the season will be something of a year in review. Yes. Maybe some voting will happen yeah. on our Instagram page. So keep an eye out. If you follow us there, you will be able to uh, cast your vote. Maybe we d- we haven't really settled how we're doing this, but it will be a New Year extra. We'll figure it out before the end of the year. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. We have times. It's it's like the thirteenth. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> Um, We're not even halfway there yet. <laughs> don't forget, if you haven't already, to rate us on iTunes. Uh, follow us. Subscribe to us on Spotify. Do whatever you want on Stitcher. I don't know what other podcasts people use these days. Just interact with us. Walk on the streets, like, hitting pants together, and just scream swamp it up at the top of your lungs. If you do that, film it and send it to us, and we will give you a prize yeah. of some sort. We will send you, like, a yeah. new pan. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever yeah, does we that, will, we will we send will. you a pan. <laughs> We will we will give you a new pan. We'll give you that gift bravery. you a pan. Anyway, um, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us and have a merry Christmas holiday season. Yeah, well, we have one more Christmas episode left. That thing. Okay. That's that's season's, season's greetings, greetings. Y'all. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.